Hello, and welcome to Leftist Reading, where I'm a leftist and I do some reading. Uh, if you might have noticed, Gary's not here today. Uh, I decided, uh, I'm M uh, from Abnormal Mapping, and I decided that I was going to ask Gary if I could come in and do a guest episode, because uh, I like hearing myself talk. I'm a podcaster by trade, and we all are like this at some point. And uh, it's it's fun to talk into a microphone, and I, I like leftist reading, um, both the idea and the podcast, and I thought it'd be fun to come in and uh, do a little bit of, a, like, a small piece that, like, uh, you know, maybe not get, get wouldn't get covered otherwise, uh, but... I wanted to talk through. So we are going to cover this time uh, Opposed Book Worship, which is a small piece uh, by Mao Zedong, which came out in May of 1930. Uh, it is specifically about, you know, the predilection of believing what you read in the doctrine uh, of communist literature when it is at odds with the things you see in front of you every day and the importance of knowing the difference between the two things. Um, I think it's very common to get in your head that being a communist, being a leftist in general, um, is about tackling a reading list, but it's also just about clear-headedly looking at the world and gathering information in front of you and coming to conclusions about that thing. Uh, that is equally as important as a, a grounding in theory. Um, the theory is important still. Keep, do your reading. I need to do more reading. We all need to do more reading. Um, anyway, I'm going to turn on my uh, teleprompter and get into this. Oppose Book Worship 1. No investigation, no right to speak. Unless you have investigated a problem, you will be deprived of the right to speak on it. Isn't that too harsh? Not in the least. When you have not probed into a problem, into the present facts and its past history, and know nothing of its essentials, whatever you say about it will undoubtedly be nonsense. Talking nonsense solves no problems, as everyone knows, so why is it unjust to deprive you of the right to speak? Quite a few comrades always keep their eyes shut and talk nonsense, and for a communist, that is disgraceful. How can a communist keep his eyes shut and talk nonsense? It won't do. It won't do. You must investigate. You must not talk nonsense. 2. To investigate a problem is to solve it. You can't solve a problem? Well, get down and investigate the present facts and its past history. When you have investigated the problem thoroughly, you will know how to solve it. Conclusions invariably come after investigation and not before. Only a blockhead cudgels his brains on his own or together with a group to find solution or evolve an idea without making any investigation. It must be stressed that this cannot possibly lead to any effective solution or any good idea. In other words, he is bound to arrive at a wrong solution and a wrong idea. There are not a few comrades doing inspection work, as well as guerrilla leaders and cadres newly in office, who like to make political pronouncements the moment they arrive at a place and who strut about, criticizing this and condemning that when they have only seen the surface of things or minor details. Such purely subjective, nonsensical talk is indeed detestable. These people are bound to make a mess of things, lose the confidence of the masses, and prove incapable of solving any problem at all. When they come across difficult problems, quite a number of people in leading positions simply heave a sigh without being able to solve them. They lose patience and ask to be transferred on the ground that they have not the ability and cannot do the job. These are coward's words. Just get to moving on your own two legs, go the rounds to every section placed under your charge, and inquire into everything, as Confucius said. Footnote 1. And then you will be able to solve the problems, however little is your ability. For although your head may be empty before you go out of doors, it will be empty no longer when you return, but will contain all sorts of material necessary for the solution of the problems. And that is how problems are solved. 
Must you go out of doors? Not necessarily. You can call a fact-finding meeting of people familiar with the situation in order to get at the source of what you call a difficult problem, and come to know how it stands now, and then it will be easy to solve your difficult problem. Investigation may be likened to the long months of pregnancy, and solving a problem to the day of birth. To investigate a problem is, indeed, to solve it. 3. Oppose book worship. Whatever is written in a book is right. Such is the mentality of the culturally backward Chinese peasants. Strangely enough, within the Communist Party, there are also people who always say in a discussion, show me where it's written in the book. When we say that a directive of a higher organ of leadership is correct, that is not just because it comes from a higher organ of leadership, but because its contents conform with both the subjective and objective circumstances of the struggle and meet its requirements. It is quite wrong to take a formalistic attitude and blindly carry out directives without discussing and examining them in the light of actual conditions, simply because they come from that higher organ. It is the mischief done by this formalism which explains why the line and tactics of the party do not take deeper root among the masses. To carry out a directive of a higher organ blindly and seemingly without any disagreement is not really to carry it out, but is the most artful way of opposing or sabotaging it. The method of studying the social sciences exclusively from the book is otherwise extremely dangerous and may even lead one on the road to counter-revolution. Clear proof of this is provided by the fact that whole batches of Chinese communists who confine themselves to books in their study of the social sciences have turned into counter-revolutionaries. When we say Marxism is correct, it is certainly not because Marx was a prophet, but because his theory has been proved correct in our practice and in our struggle. We need Marxism in our struggle. In our acceptance of his theory, no such formalization of mystical notion as that of prophecy ever enters our minds. Many who have read Marx's books have become renegades from the revolution, whereas illiterate workers often grasp Marxism very well. Of course we should study Marx's books, but this study must be integrated with our country's actual conditions. We need books, but we must overcome book worship, which is divorced from the actual situation. How can we overcome book worship? The only way is to investigate the actual situation. 4. Without investigating the actual situation, there is bound to be an idealist appraisal of class forces and an idealist guidance in work, resulting either in opportunism or in putschism. Do you doubt this conclusion? Facts will force you to accept it. Just try and appraise the political situation or guide the struggle without making any investigation, and you will see whether or not such appraisal or guidance is groundless and idealist, and whether or not it will lead to an opportunist or putschist errors. Certainly it will. This is not because of failure to make careful plans before taking action, but because of failure to study the specific social situation carefully before making the plans, as often happens in our Red Army guerrilla units. Officers of the Lee Kuei type footnote 2. Do not discriminate when they punish the men for offenses. As a result, the offenders feel they have been unfairly treated, many disputes ensue, and the leaders lose all prestige. Does this not happen frequently in the Red Army? We must wipe out idealism and guard against all opportunist and poochist errors before we can succeed in winning over the masses and defeating the enemy. The only way to wipe out idealism is to make the effort and investigate the actual situation. 5. The aim of social and economic investigation is to arrive at a correct appraisal of class forces and then to formulate correct tactics for the struggle. This is our answer to the question, why do we have to investigate social and economic conditions? Accordingly, the object of our investigation is all the social classes and not fragmentary social phenomena. Of late, the comrades of the 4th Army of the Red Army have generally given attention to the work of investigation. Footnote 3. 
But the method many of them employ is wrong. The results of their investigation are therefore as trivial as a grocer's accounts, or resemble the many strange tales a country bumpkin hears when he comes to town, or like a distant view of a populous city from a mountaintop. This kind of investigation is of little use and cannot achieve our main purpose. Our main purpose is to learn the political and economic situation of the various social classes. The outcome of our investigation should be a picture of the present situation of each class and the ups and downs of its development. For example, when we investigate the composition of the peasantry, not only must we know the number of owner-peasants, semi-owner-peasants, and tenant-peasants who are differentiated according to tenancy relationships, but more specifically, we must know the number of rich peasants, middle peasants, and poor peasants who are differentiated according to class or stratum. When we investigate the composition of merchants, not only must we know the number on each trade, such as grain, clothing, medicinal herbs, etc., but more specifically, we must know the number of small merchants, middle merchants, and big merchants. We should investigate not only the state of each trade, but more specifically, the class relations within it. We should investigate the relationships not only between the different trades, but more especially between the different classes. Our chief method of investigation must be to dissect the different social classes, the ultimate purpose being to understand their interrelations, to arrive at a correct appraisal of class forces, and then to formulate the correct tactics for the struggle, defining which classes constitute the main force in the revolutionary struggle, which classes are to be won over as allies, and which classes are to be overthrown. This is our sole purpose. What are the social classes requiring investigation? They are the industrial proletariat, the handicraft workers, the farm laborers, the poor peasants, the urban poor, the lumpen proletariat, the master handicraftsmen, the small merchants, the middle peasants, the rich peasants, the landlords, the commercial bourgeoisie, the industrial bourgeoisie. In our investigation, we should give attention to the state of all these classes or strata. Only the industrial proletariat and industrial bourgeoisie are absent in the areas where we are now working, and we constantly come across all the others. Our tactics of struggle are tactics in relation to all these classes and strata. Another serious shortcoming in our past investigations has been the undue stress on the countryside to the neglect of the towns, so that many comrades have always been vague about our tactics towards the urban poor and the commercial bourgeoisie. The development of the struggle has enabled us to leave the mountains for the plains. Footnote 4. We have descended physically, but we are still up in the mountains mentally. We must understand the towns as well as the countryside, or we shall be unable to meet the needs of revolutionary struggle. 6. Victory in China's revolutionary struggle will depend on the Chinese comrades' understanding of Chinese conditions. The aim of our struggle is to attain socialism via the stage of democracy. In this task, the first step is to complete the democratic revolution by winning the majority of the working class and arousing the peasant masses and the urban poor for the overthrow of the landlord class, imperialism, and the Kuomintang regime. The next step is to carry out the socialist revolution, which will follow on the development of the struggle. The fulfillment of this great revolutionary task is no simple or easy job and will depend entirely on correct and firm tactics on the part of the proletarian party. If its tactics of struggle are wrong or irresolute and wavering, the revolution will certainly suffer temporary defeat. It must be borne in mind that the bourgeois parties, too, constantly discuss their tactics of struggle. They are considering how to spread reformist influences among the working class so as to mislead it and turn it away from the Communist Party leadership, how to get the rich peasants to put down the uprisings of the poor peasants, and how to organize gangsters to suppress the revolutionary struggles. In a situation where the class struggle grows increasingly acute and is waged at close quarters, the proletariat has to depend for its victory entirely on the correct and firm tactics of struggle of its own party, the Communist Party. 
A communist party's correct and unswerving tactics of struggle can in no circumstance be created by a few people sitting in an office. They emerge in the course of mass struggle, that is through actual experience. Therefore, we must at all times study social conditions and make practical investigations. Those comrades who are inflexible, conservative, formalistic, and groundlessly optimistic think that the present tactics of struggle are perfect, that the book of documents of the party's sixth national congress footnote five guarantees lasting victory, and that one can always be victorious merely by adhering to the established methods. These ideas are absolutely wrong and have nothing in common with the idea that communists should create favorable new situations through struggle. They represent a purely conservative line. Unless it is completely discarded, this line will cause great losses to the revolution and do harm to these comrades themselves. There are obviously some comrades in our Red Army who are content to leave things as they are, who do not seek to understand anything thoroughly, and are groundlessly optimistic. And they spread the fallacy that this is proletarian. They eat their fill and sit dozing in their offices all day long without ever moving a step and going out amongst the masses to investigate. Whenever they open their mouths, their platitudes make people sick. To awaken these comrades, we must raise our voices and cry out to them. Change your conservative ideas without delay. Replace them by progressive and militant communist ideas. Get into the struggle. Go among the masses and investigate the facts. 7. The Technique of Investigation 1. Hold fact-finding meetings and undertake investigation through discussions. This is the only way to get near the truth, the only way to draw conclusions. It is easy to commit mistakes if you do not hold fact-finding meetings for investigation through discussions, but simply rely on one individual relating his own experience. You cannot possibly draw more or less correct conclusions at such meetings if you put questions casually instead of raising key questions for discussion. 2. What kind of people should attend the fact-finding meetings? They should be people well acquainted with the social and economic conditions. As far as age is concerned, older people are best because they are rich in experience and not only know what is going on but understand the causes and effects. Young people with experience of struggle should also be included because they have progressive ideas and sharp eyes. As far as occupation is concerned, there should be workers, peasants, merchants, intellectuals, and occasionally soldiers, and sometimes even vagrants. Naturally, when a particular subject is being looked into, those who have nothing to do with it need not be present. For example, workers, peasants, and students need not attend when commerce is the subject of investigation. 3. Which is better, a large fact-finding meeting or a small one? That depends on the investigator's ability to conduct a meeting. If he is good at it, a meeting of as many as a dozen or even 20 or more people can be called. A large meeting has its advantages, from the answers you get fairly accurate statistics, e.g. in finding out the percentage of poor peasants in the total peasant population, and fairly correct conclusions, e.g. in finding out whether equal or differentiated land redistribution is better. Of course, it has its disadvantages too. Unless you are skillful in conducting meetings, you will find it difficult to keep order. So the number of people attending a meeting depends on the competence of the investigator. However, the minimum is three or otherwise the information obtained will be too limited to correspond to the real situation. 4. Prepare a detailed outline for the investigation. A detailed outline should be prepared beforehand, and the investigator should ask questions according to the outline. With those present at the meeting giving their answers, any points which are unclear or doubtful should be put up for discussion. The detailed outline should include main subjects and subheadings, and also detailed items. For instance, Taking commerce as the main subject, it can have such subheadings as cloth, grain, other necessities, and medicinal herbs. Again, under cloth, there can be such detailed items as calico, homespun and silk, and satin. 5. Personal Participation 
everyone with responsibility for giving leadership from the chairman of the town government to the chairman of the central government, from the detachment leader to the commander in chief, from the secretary of a party branch to the general secretary must personally undertake investigation into specific social and economic conditions and not merely rely on reading reports for investigation and reading reports are two entirely different things. Six probe deeply. Anyone new to investigation work should make one or two thorough investigations in order to gain full knowledge of a particular place, say a village or town, or of a particular problem, say the problem of grain or currency. Deep probing into a particular place or problem will make future investigation of other places or problems easier. 7. Make your own notes. The investigator should not only preside at fact-finding meetings and give proper guidance to those present, but should also make his own notes and record the results himself. To have others do it for him, is no good. And that's the piece. You can, of course, find it on Marxist.org. I think it speaks for itself. Uh, I always appreciate the uh, bit about anecdotal evidence not being actually evidence, just anecdotes. It's a thing to keep in mind whenever you discuss leftist theory online, because someone always has something to say, and you never know. Um, you must do your investigations. <laughs> Reading in a book is not good enough. Uh, as always, check your footnotes, check your bibliographies. That's a great way to find out further reading. And uh, as much as, you know, this whole piece for the last 15 minutes has been about how sometimes it is worth going beyond just reading a book, you still got to read the books. Thank you again for Gary for letting me come in and do this bonus episode. If you like it, uh, I'm sure Gary will put a thing at the end with the email, send in questions or comments. Uh, thank you for having me and listening to me for the last 15 minutes talk about Mao. Um, you can find me, of course, at EM underscore being on Twitter. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Hi, it's me, Gary. I don't think I've ever actually introduced myself, but let's not worry about that now. I'm just here to end the podcast. Uh, thank you to M for doing this bonus guest reading. You should listen to their other podcasts. Abnormal Mapping is the whole network, but also their monthly video game club podcast. Repertory Screenings is their podcast about movies. But also, if you go to patreon.com slash abnormalmapping, you can get The Great Gundam Project for $1 a month. It is a great Gundam podcast. I highly recommend it, as well as Gundam. And now to end the podcast. The intro and outro music is Decisions by Eric Medias. You can find it and more of his work at soundimage.org. But otherwise, that does it for this bonus episode. We'll be back to our regular reading at the start of next week, as we continue with Lenin's imperialism, the highest stage of capitalism. But for now, thank you for listening. Keep reading. But also... Do more than just reading.